My name is Tristan, and I'd like to thank you for joining us today for Landline, Study the Word with Michael. Today our host will take us on a biblical journey as we dive deeply into another important scriptural topic. As always, we encourage you to grab your Bible and a notepad and follow along with us as we open the Word to you. It is our prayer that your life will be changed and that you will gain a greater knowledge of who God truly is, what His Word says, and how to turn that knowledge and faith into action. While you're here, click the subscribe and follow buttons on whatever podcast platform you're using. This will help us as we broaden our reach by adding more platforms across the web. And now, from Springfield, Missouri, Foundation Christian Ministries presents Landline, Study the Word with Michael. Spread out in front of me on my desk is a one-legged robot that is lying there looking like a surgical patient, a couple of clip-on earrings, and a three-wheeled toy truck. What do all of these items have in common? They're things that my children have brought to me to fix. Because daddy can fix anything, right? Give me a uh, bottle of glue, a roll of duct tape, and a screwdriver, and we've got this handled. I don't know, the robot is gonna take a soldering iron. That's beside the point. The point that I wanna make today is that my children are 100% convinced that there's nothing they can bring to me that I can't fix. They're not necessarily correct, (laughs) but that's their belief. They have faith in me. It's unquestioning. Daddy, can you fix this? Here's my broken robot that I ripped the wires out of. Can you fix this? Daddy, this earring doesn't hold on my earlobe. Can you fix this? Daddy, I don't even know where the wheel is for this truck. Can you fix this? And Daddy's going to make every effort to make it happen, but I might not be successful. But the thing that impresses me is their complete confidence that I can and will. Over the past couple of years, my family's gone through quite a lot. We have relocated. We moved my mother from one state to another so that we could take care of her. My brother passed away and my mom subsequently passed away. We have experienced a lot of changes. Not only that, but with the COVID pandemic, we've lost friends and loved ones to that as well. We're not alone. Countless people have experienced loss, have experienced difficulty. And I'll be 100% honest with you by saying that there have been moments that I didn't know how certain situations were going to be resolved. I didn't know what God could do. Is he going to help us? Can he help us? Have you been there? I'm sure you have. We all have. And then my child brings me his broken robot with the bare wires hanging out of the missing leg and says, can you fix this? Fully believing that I can. Hmm. The faith of a child. I'm Michael Land, and this is Landline.
Hi, my name is Nolan. So glad you're listening to Landline. We want to reach people for Jesus. You can help us. Just listen later when Dad tells you how to support us. We hope you enjoy our podcast. Be sure to click the like and the subscribe button. Now back to the podcast. Ah, the faith of a child. (laughs) You might have guessed Nolan is the one with the broken robot. I wonder if I could find another one online and just replace it. Nah, we'll fix it. Over the past couple of episodes, we have talked about knowing God and knowing the attributes of his character and his personality. We talked about he knows, concentrating on the omniscience of God, knowing all. He is all-knowing. There is nothing that you can face, nothing that you can be tempted with, nothing that you can struggle with, nothing that you can fear that he isn't intimately aware of. What a boost to our faith to know that our God is intimately aware of everything that we deal with. That struggle that keeps you awake at night. Those fears when you lie there with your head on your pillow. The debates that you have with your spouse, the concerns you have about your child, your financial woes, all of those things, job insecurity, national insecurity. He knows, my friend. He knows. What a wonderful thing to know that our God cares enough about us to be aware of every aspect of our lives. And what a terrifying thing it must be for those who don't believe to know that God knows their every thought, their every scheme, their every wicked plan. He knows. Next, we talked about God's omnipresence. He is everywhere at all times. Check this out. Psalm 139 verses 7 through 12 says, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Ladies and gentlemen, he is everywhere at all times. There is nowhere that you can go that he isn't already there. In Jeremiah, it says, Can a man hide himself in hiding places so that I do not see him, declares the Lord? Do I not fill the heavens and the earth, declares the Lord? Proverbs 15.3 The eyes of the Lord are in every place, watching the evil and the good. 1 Kings 8.27 But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you. How much less this house which I have built. Hallelujah. It's so good to know that our God is everywhere at all times. He is. In each of these messages, we have boiled down the concept to two basic words just to make it easy to remember. He knows and he is. And today, 
We're going to talk about God's omnipotence, how he is all-powerful. Not only does he know, not only he is, but he can, my friend. He can. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, verse 13, God said, even from eternity, I am he, and there is none who can deliver out of my hand. I act And who can reverse it? Isaiah chapter 14, verse 27 says, For the Lord of hosts has planned, and who can frustrate it? And as for his stretched out hand, who can turn it back? In the book of Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, Jesus said, With people, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. We live in a world of complexities. We live in a world of difficulties. There are preachers everywhere who will tell you that once you accept Christ, that your life is going to be a lot easier and that everything's going to get better for you. And they are liars because the scripture clearly says that you will have trouble in this world. But Jesus also said, but be of good cheer for I've overcome the world. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to share with you some truth today. And that is the very fact that life is difficult. We have troubles. We have problems. We have questions we don't know the answers to. But I'm here with a joyous statement to make to you. And that is simply this. No matter how much we complicate the world, no matter how much we complicate our lives, no matter how difficult and complex our situations may seem, we serve a God who is not even impressed by those complexities. He understands them better than we do. And he is able. My friend Scott Lewis preached a message one time that just simply said, But God, no matter what you're facing, no matter what your situation is, no matter how complex and how difficult and how overwhelming your situation might seem, if you turn to scripture, you will periodically see the phrase, but God, God always is able to meet the need. We must only believe. It's our hope with each episode of Landline that you will find strength and the resurrection power of Christ in the presentation of the Word of God. We pray that God will use His Word to change your life and to draw you ever closer to Him by His Spirit. You can visit us at www.patreon.com slash FCM worldwide to be a monthly sponsor. Every dollar goes toward the outreaches of Foundation Christian Ministries worldwide. Please join with us as we work together to expand the kingdom. No gift is too small or too great as it assists us in making real-world differences in people's lives. We believe in touching people's lives right where they are, whether it's through an online podcast, placing written training materials in the hands of ministers around the globe, or special speaking engagements. It's a great big vision, and we need your help. Now, back to the message. Time after time in scripture, we see situations that were overwhelming. We see situations that were beyond the capabilities of men to withstand. We see storms. We see earthquakes. We see battles. We see things that cannot even be explained. And mankind has had to stand there in fear 
But God stepped in. But God intervened. But God fought the battle. But God took care of it. This is the kind of God we serve. He's not a God who's indifferent to the situations concerning his people. He's not a God who doesn't care about what you're going through. Jesus said, are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows." Deuteronomy says, and the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. One of my favorite passages in scripture is Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 17, where it says, Ah, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. So let's take a look at some of the situations in which God intervened. Exodus chapter 14, verse 5. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, the mind of Pharaoh and his servants was changed towards the people. And they said, what is this that we have done that we have let Israel go from serving us? So he made ready his chariot and took his army with him and took 600 chosen chariots and all the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the people of Israel while the people of Israel were going out defiantly. The Egyptians pursued them, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, and his horsemen, and his army, and overtook them encamped by the sea, by Piharoth in front of Baal-Zephon. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly, and the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt, Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For... It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work out for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. The Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward, lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground, and I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they shall go in after them, and I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his host, his chariots and his horsemen, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord." When I have gotten glory over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen, then the angel of the Lord, who was going before the host of Israel, moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them, coming between the host of Egypt and the host of Israel. And there was the cloud in the darkness, and it lit up the night, without one coming near the other all night. 
Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided, and the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. The Egyptians pursued and went in after them into the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And in the morning watch, the Lord in the pillar of fire and of cloud looked down on the Egyptian forces and threw the Egyptian forces into a panic, clogging their chariot wheels so that they drove heavily. And the Egyptians said, let us flee from before Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and upon their horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the sea returned to its normal course when the morning appeared. And as the Egyptians fled into it, the Lord threw the Egyptians into the midst of the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen of all the hosts of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea, not one of them remained. When the Israelites were doing what God had told them to do, camping where God had told them to camp and traveling where God had told them to travel, God stood for them because God can. He demonstrated that he not only had power over his followers, the children of Israel, but he had power over the hosts of Egypt and the Pharaoh himself. He not only did that, but he demonstrated that he had power over the physical realm. He parted the waters. He caused a great wind to dry out the land. And then he bogged down the chariots in the mud. And then he destroyed them with the water. Ladies and gentlemen, God can. He can. The book of Joshua chapter 10 verse 6 says, And the men of Gibeon sent to Joshua at the camp of Gilgal, saying, Do not relax your hand from your servants. Come up to us quickly and save us and help us. For all the kings of the Amorites who dwell in the hill country are gathered against us. So Joshua went up from Gilgal, he and all the people of war with him. And all the mighty men of valor. And the Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear them, for I have given them into your hands. Not a man of them shall stand before you. So Joshua came upon them suddenly, having marched up all night from Gilgal. And the Lord threw them into a great panic before Israel, who struck them with a great blow at Gibeon, and chased them by the way of the ascent of Beth Horon, and struck them as far as Azekah and Makedah. And as they fled before Israel, while they were going down the ascent of Beth Horon, the Lord threw down large stones from heaven on them as far as Azekah, and they died. There were more who died because of the hailstones than the sons of Israel killed with the sword. At that time, Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord gave the Amorites over to the sons of Israel, and he said in the sight of Israel, Sun, stand still at Gibeon, and moon in the valley of Aijalon. And the sun stood still, and the moon stopped, until the nation took vengeance on their enemies. Ladies and gentlemen, you serve a God who stopped time. Stopped time. When man can't, God can. When man can't withstand the enemy, God defeats the enemy. 
And when man needs more time to do what God has called him to do, God can, ladies and gentlemen. God can. There is nothing our God cannot do. We have examples in scripture that we've just read where when it comes to protecting and defending the people of God, God can manipulate the very structure of the earth, the very wind in the air. God can manipulate time and change time. God can do anything it takes to meet his will and to accomplish his purpose, ladies and gentlemen. But you say, I'm not running from any armies. I don't need God to part the waters. I don't need him to stop time so that I can finish a battle. I'm struggling financially. I'm struggling with enough to feed my family. I'm struggling. Let me tell you another story. In the book of John, chapter 6, beginning at verse 2, and a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting up his eyes then, and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get just a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? I can imagine Jesus kind of looking at him and raising one eyebrow with a little grin. Jesus says, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told the disciples, Gather up the leftover fragments, that nothing may be lost." So they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, This is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. Ladies and gentlemen, there were five thousand men, not counting their children and their wives, who had followed Jesus. And Jesus saw that they were hungry and met their need. Do you not see this and think, hey, this is the same God that I serve today. This is the same God who will never leave me nor forsake me. This is the same God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This is the same God about whom there is no shadow of turning. He doesn't change. How dare we doubt his capability to meet our needs when he's proven himself over and over and over again. God can. Ladies and gentlemen, he can. When you're alone in the wee hours of the morning, concerned about the next day, how will I feed my family? How will I meet my needs? How can I stand against the problems that I'm facing? God can, ladies and gentlemen. You can cry out to God. You can call upon the name of Jesus. And 
believe with 100% confidence that he hears and answers your prayers. It may not go the way you expect. It may not go the way you plan. It may not go the way you hope, but God's got you in the palm of his hand and he has not left you. He has not forsaken you and he has not forgotten you. Can God do it? Yes, God can. Countless times in scripture we read of Jesus healing people with the miraculous power that just flowed through him. And people say, well, I don't know that God still heals people. I don't know that God still is able to do that. I mean, that, maybe that just passed away. Maybe that, that just doesn't happen anymore. We don't see a lot of miraculous healings going on. But ladies and gentlemen, God has not changed. He is not powerless. In fact, I'll tell you that his power has not flickered like a candle, has not wavered one little bit in the thousands of years that this earth has been rotating. Our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So let me give you a more recent example. Just a couple of years ago, my dear friend, Pastor James Aguko, reached out to me in grave concern for his daughter who was in the hospital with malaria. It was very serious and her fever was very high and she was not expected to live. It was a very dire situation and he was very concerned for his daughter. I didn't know exactly what to do. I'm thousands of miles away. I can't go there and lay my hands on her to pray for her. So rather than just telling Pastor James, I'll pray for your daughter, and then going about my day, I decided I'm going to pray and record a prayer to reassure him. I'm going to pray the prayer of faith, and we're going to trust God. So I did. I turned on my camera. I recorded about a 40-second prayer, and I prayed, believing that God could intervene in this situation. Pastor James told me later that he took that video into the hospital room and played it out loud for his daughter who was unconscious at the time. And immediately upon playing that video, her fever left her and strength began to return to her. She was home a few days later and she's fine now. I couldn't help her, but God can. I couldn't heal her, but God can. You see, I have no power in and of myself, but God can. Ladies and gentlemen, there is nothing too hard. Ah, oh, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm, and there is nothing too hard for you. All glory and honor goes to God. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no reason to fear. Why are we of so little faith that every little thing that comes along, we wonder if God can do it? God can, ladies and gentlemen. Pray the prayer of faith. Speak to your creator. He has moved heaven and earth to meet the needs of his people. God can. There is nothing too hard for him. There is nothing you need fear. There is nothing that needs to shatter your faith. There is no loss that can shatter your faith. 
Oh, who will separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, there is nothing too hard for God. Father, I come to you now, bringing my brothers and my sisters with me, believing that you can not only take care of us, not only heal us, not only provide for us, but you can help our unbelief. Lord, remind us that you are with us. Point us to your word where we see example after example of times that you have intervened on behalf of your people for your glory, for your purpose. God, I know that we have asked a lot of silly things in our time. We've asked for things for selfish purposes. We've asked for things for our own glory. We've asked for things for you to do things for us that would glorify us or would build us up or, or would, would somehow benefit us but not your purpose. God, I pray that you will help us to draw close to you so that what we desire is what you desire. So that when we ask, scripture says, ask what you will and it shall be done. Lord, help us to align our wills with yours so that we can ask what we will and you'll do it. Not for our benefit, not for our glory, not for, not to impress anybody, but to give glory and honor to you. Lord, as the Israelites camped where you told them to camp, you met their need. As Joshua and the Israelites went to fight the battle that you had led them to fight, you stopped time to make it possible. Lord, when those people were standing around listening to Jesus and they were hungry, you fed them. When Pastor James's daughter was sick on a bed that could have been the final resting place, you healed her because you are great and you are mighty and you are unstoppable. There is nothing that can stop your power. There is nothing that can stand between you and your will. You can, Father. Remind us, I pray. Help us to trust in you. Because we belong to you. Glorify yourself in us. Not that we seek signs and wonders, but that we seek you. And you use signs and wonders to bring glory to your name. So God... Pray that you will build our faith, that we will no longer doubt, and we will trust in you, for you can. 
In Jesus' name I ask these things. Amen. <laughs>